Welcome to another edition of Membership World, the podcast for membership professionals. My name is Gordon Glenister. I'm a membership professional, consultant and speaker. Uh, In this podcast series, you're going to hear from me interviewing all sorts of people from the Membership World community. Before we start, please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast series just to make sure that you don't miss a future episode. In today's edition, we're going to be discussing how to create engaging podcasts for your membership. And I wanted to find out a bit more about how to do this. So I caught up with Christina Moore, and she's the founder of Agency Don't Skip, where they help specialists, experts and creatives turn their talent or craft into audio content. Christine is also on the Board of Governors at the Podcast Academy and is a regular judge for the British Podcast Awards and the Audio Production Awards. I am the founder of a podcast company called Don't Skip, where we help people with personal brands turn their craft into audio content like podcasts. I started life at the BBC uh, initially as an assistant, like all junior people do, freshly from university. And then I moved my way up through the ranks as a producer. Finally, when I finished my career at the BBC, I was a digital business manager for World Service and Global News. I negotiated partnerships and revenue deals so that the international arm of the BBC could generate revenue, essentially, because you know that the UK is held up by the licence fee. And then I was poached by Apple, and then I managed the European market for Apple Podcasts for two years before starting out by myself. And how's it been since you started? Oh, it's been I, it's just a whirlwind. I've had some great times. I will also open admit that there's been some horrendous times. I mean, for anybody who's either self-employed or working for themselves or starting up a business, the first two years are really rough. Honestly, they're rough. But that I have had some great highlights and I've met some great people. And the podcast community is insanely supportive. They've just been so good. Great people to talk to, great people to help you when you need introductions. They've really helped me get over early humps in the road. What would be your top tips then on people starting out in podcasting? First and foremost, I would say after you've done your research on doing the equipment or looking into what equipment that you should buy, make sure that you purchase two microphones, one for yourself and one for your guest. I have come across so many podcasters who are like, ask me, how do I improve my podcast? How do I expand my audience? Then I listen to the show and the audio is terrible. And that will be first and foremost, the thing that you have to fix. So always make sure that when you're starting out, buy two microphones, one for you, one for your guest. And it's such a tiny investment these days. If you're treating your podcast like you would your business, don't cook corners on equipment. You don't have to get the most expensive mic by any means. Audio-Technica is a brand that's very, very popular with podcasters who are starting out. So you don't have to go through like the road mics, but that would be the first thing I would say that you need to do. And then after that, it's kind of constructing the right format for your audience and for your purpose as well. 
Okay, that's great. I mean, obviously, because this is a membership world and membership community, I think it's a great vehicle for people to not necessarily make their podcast freely available, but try and generate a revenue stream. I think sometimes people, they put out content, they think, well, how can I find a way to make money from this? And membership is clearly one way of doing so. So can you tell me about a bit about what you feel is the best way to go about that? When it comes to making revenue from your podcast, it depends on your objectives. And so there's a couple of things that you can do. So if you have a popular culture podcast, then what you're really going to need in order to monetize that podcast is an audience. You're going to need a huge audience because the best way of making money from a podcast about popular culture is advertising. Then other ways that you can make money are through membership sites, as you've kind of demonstrated. And then another way is by getting a sponsorship or a branded podcast. Membership sites, again, you won't need a large audience in the same way as you do for advertising, but you will need a substantial audience. One that's very engaged, one that's loyal, one that kind of communicates with you, and also one where you reciprocate that communication. And then with sponsorship and branded podcasts, what you're looking for is affinity with that brand. So you'll need to make sure that all your belief systems are in line and you'll need to make sure that your audiences are in line the demographic I would also make sure that the product is in line with the podcast so if you have a personal finance podcast it would be great to have a sponsor or or be branded by a financial service it just makes sense Mm, totally totally have you got examples that you know of where people have been successful with creating a membership community with a podcast. I have an example. Uh, The group is called, or the membership site is called Black Ballad, and they do a number of things. So they have articles, as many membership sites do. They have blogs, they have a newsletter, but they also have a podcast. Black Ballad is a membership site where women, in particular black women, get to find resources. Anything from looking for nannies, after-school care, starting your own business, personal finance, finance, those sorts of things, apps to help you with productivity. So all those sorts of things this membership site offers and the podcast helps support that and brings in a new audience as well. And what would be some of your tips? What would be some of your advice of things that where you think people have made the mistake in the past and, and hasn't? Because I think audience building is still a challenge for podcasters, isn't it? Um, what would be your, um, to me, your thoughts around this? I guess the biggest mistake is thinking that being featured on Apple Podcasts is going to solve all your problems. It will not solve all your audience problems. Some podcasts go up on their storefront and do very well. Others don't do so great. And so the best thing to do when it comes to marketing your podcast is to find out where your audience is. That might be on social media, but it might be that you have to go on a PR run essentially so you'll have to go and be interviewed on certain podcasts Uh, you'll have to be interviewed by certain magazines online publishers 
those are the places where you might be better suited in improving your audience. So I wouldn't spend a whole lot of your time um, trying to be promoted on Apple Podcasts because for some people, it actually turns out just to be a bragging right, right? So it turns out to be more of a vanity thing rather than anything that increases your audience. So if this is your business, always look for ways that it improves your business, not necessarily ways that you can just post on Instagram and look like you're living your best life. And what are some of the big podcasts that have been super successful and why do you think that is? In the UK, The Guilty Feminist has been massively successful. And I think one of the reasons is because there was a lot of honesty in that podcast. It was one where feminists admitted that they didn't always abide by feminist mantras, rules, those sorts of things. And people appreciated that honesty and felt a lot more normal. Do you know what? A lot of dramas do very well. Dramas from Radio 4 in particular do very well in the UK. And I would say that it does better in the UK than in the US because we have a drama listening audience. We already have those sorts of habits and we're used to listening. And then other popular podcasts, uh, it depends what genre. Well, what genre? Yeah, it really depends what genre. But then you have in America, of course, you have the Joe Rogans of the world. I was going to say, what about B2B? There'll be lots of coaches out there. There'll be lots of businesses that will think about, should we be deciding to have a podcast? Because we know it's obviously very popular at the moment. Yeah. So B2B wise, I would say that uh, Janet Murray has done very, very well here in the UK. She has also been featured on Apple Podcasts, but she was doing well before then. It was something that kind of uh, looked like it was becoming very, very popular. She has a PR agency. Well, she doesn't really have the agency anymore. She does, she does more of the coaching and training, but she still does PR. She's a journalist and she teaches other people how to be proficient in PR. It's a great podcast where she has lots and lots and lots of tips. Very, very, very useful advice that you can implement. You can finish listening to an episode and implement it and get a result if you do it you know, if you put it in action. And I think that's what people love about it. And then also she's very, very good at handing off onto her own platform. So she will say in her podcast, I have a PDF about that if you sign up on my website. And of course, lots of listeners then go to her website where they sign up to her newsletter. And so she utilizes that very well. That's a really good point. I think that sometimes people forget that often a podcast needs to be educational, add value to the listener if you want them to be engaged and stay with you. Uh, because it might be that one episode of a podcast stands out and another one doesn't. And what you need to do is to make sure that you've, you've kept them in, in communication through that period uh, and actually using social media to drive further Q&A. I was listening to one podcast a little while ago. It's really good because they were bringing listeners' questions and comments into the podcast and saying, look, here's one of the issues that we've come up against. And then let's talk about that now. You know, so it, it makes it feel quite relevant. Oh, yeah. Those, those are the, some of the best podcasts where you can utilise it as a learning tool. And also the hosts are very, very engaging and, you know, they make you laugh and you're like, okay, 
I can come back here again and again. One in the US that I would recommend if you're a consultancy is Two Bobs. You wouldn't naturally think, oh, let me just type in Two Bobs. So I really recommend changing your title to something that's way more searchable. But Two Bobs podcast is great if you are a consultant or you run a consultancy firm. I mean, on that, um, you said searchable there. I'm guessing that once you've created the podcast and it sounds brilliant and you've done all the right things, there, you've got a fabulous guest if you want to have a guest. The next best thing is to make sure that it is searchable. What would you suggest in terms of the summary when you post it up on the platform? First thing, title. I would always make sure that your title is searchable. And by that, I mean, if you're, you have a consultancy firm, I would include that word in the title. If you have a law firm, I would include that word in the title because people will use the apps and it doesn't matter whether that's Spotify or Apple Podcasts in a very similar way that they use Google. So they will be looking for, they'll just type in law or legal or finance or craft. They will type that in and you want your podcast to appear much higher in the search ranking than somebody who hasn't used that word in the title at all. The next thing you want to do is work on your short description. Again, definitely keep those keywords, put those keywords in the short description of your show. The show's description does not have to be that long. It does allow for hundreds of characters, but I would say put about two or three sentences, a paragraph at the most, because what you just want to do is be able to attract people. So when they look at your amazing artwork, they click on it, they read the description and people have got busy days, right? So they don't want to spend too long reading that description. And then they want to find the episode, the episode that's relevant. And this is where you need to make sure that your episode title and your episode description is on point. So your episode title should always state what's in the box. I know we feel like, oh, I can be very creative. Yes, you could. But also, again, people have busy lives, even during the pandemic, they're still kind of, you know, they're juggling, taking care of children and working at home and those sorts of things. So you just want to make sure that you mention what the episode is about. So it could be marketing your podcast. You can be that simple and do much better than somebody who kind of uses very, very flowery word just keep it very 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 simple in all of those areas so that's your show title that's your short description your show description that's your episode title and that's also your episode description you just want to keep it simple and tell people exactly what they're going to get and how long should an average podcast be do you think That very much depends, again, on the topic. So dramas can be two hours long. If you've got a podcast that's informative, I would say keep it to about 35, 40 minutes at the most. I know everyone's working from home at the moment, but some people, for instance, I will listen to a podcast as I'm getting ready for the day. So that 40 minutes is actually really, really nice for me to kind of like, great, that episode's over. I slide in at my desk and then I get to work. So still treat those informative podcasts as if people are listening to them as they're getting ready for their day or possibly on their lunch break as well. That's what I would advise. And then also what you 
can do is give people the opportunity to find more information either on your website, on your social channels, wherever you want to redirect them next. Hmm. And what would somebody that's starting out in a podcast, what does average downloads look like? Here's what I advise. So let's say, for instance, you were a personal finance advisor and you want to attract people with a high net worth. 30 listeners is perfect because you only need three or four people to join your service. It's more things that require a high number of consumers that require a high number of listeners. So Coca-Cola requires a high number of consumers to make money and therefore they need a high number of listeners. So I wouldn't get disheartened if you only have 30 listeners depending on what your business is. Let's say, for instance, you have a small to medium business. I would say something in the 1,000, 2,000 range is probably what you're looking at. So you can expect that uh, 5% of them will then go on to either follow you on your social channels or look for you on your website. And then another, let's say, 3% will actually inquire about your services. And that's more than suitable. Well, I have to say, it's been a pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you so much for taking the time. And if people want to find out a little bit more about um, uh, some support and help with creating their podcast, how can they find you? So you can search me on my social channels. It's at Don't Skip Media. Or you can go to my website and there's a contact form where you can ping me a message and I'll respond, happily respond to inquiries. Thank you so much, Christina. That was really insightful. This podcast is sponsored by RD Mobile, award-winning event and member engagement solutions used by over 350 organizations in 20 countries, powering virtual events and delivering ongoing value. Find out more at rdmobile.com. So that's it for another edition of Membership World. Thanks as always to our sponsor, RD Mobile. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show and give us your feedback, which is uh, feedback at membershipworld.co.uk. Uh, And thanks to my producer, Neil Whiteside from Freedom One. And until next time, from me, Gordon Glenister, it's bye for now.